Today's podcast is brought to you by Lander. Based in Montreal, Canada, Lander is the world's first intelligent drag-and-drop instant mastering service by Mixed Genius. So uh, just for being a listener to today's podcast, we're going to give you a free trial. All you got to do is go to Lander.com. That's L-A-N-D-R.com slash promo slash S-O-D-D. Uh, you go there, you're going to get two free MP3s of your master. Uh, check it out. Let me know what you think. But most importantly, let Lander know that Straight Out the Den sent you. Uh, today's podcast is also brought to you by Raps and Hustles. Go to rapsandhustles.com right now. Uh, go to this R-A-P-S-A-N-D-H-U-S-T-L-E-S.com. Um, check out. They have reposting services for their SoundCloud. They have a bunch of uh, YouTube uh, content that's phenomenal. It's very good content. They also provide video services if you're in the tri-state area. So uh, check them out and let them know. Uh, let me know what you think about them. And there's no promo code or anything. Just go to the website. Uh, check it out and, and let them know that Straight Out the Den sent you. So, um Last week, we talked about um, putting your your tour together, how to put a tour together, uh, the, the starting point, um, you know, some some things in between uh, all, all of the factors. Right. And I didn't give you guys a, a lot of information, but I did give you um, a few points that, that I hope really helped. And, and looking at the response rate and the numbers and everything, uh, it, it looks like you guys really took a liking to that podcast. Um, and so thank you. Number one, thank you for listening. And for those that sent in those questions, um, I did respond back to you um, personally via email. So um, you guys have that extra information there. Um, this week, I, I wasn't sure what I want to talk about. Um, and so what I did, I, I actually made it a, an open uh, podcast uh, day. And, you know, I told you guys earlier on that I may start doing these a little bit more often. Um, for one, just to kind of break up the content a little bit and the other part is just to really give myself a break give the brain a break you know I really like to research these things before I present um, you guys with new information and so today I just wanted to have really a, a conversation with you guys uh, have you ask questions um, and, and me answer them live here on the podcast and so um, moments ago I, I did tweet out um, and ask some people if they had questions to uh, send me uh, some questions my way. And, and so we did get a few tweets uh, and, and a few um, IG posts. And uh, I wanted to read them off. And, you know, I wasn't going to spend a lot of time on these. But, you know, as they came in, I saw there were some good ones. And there were some that, you know, were just okay. So I wanted to make sure uh, that I was uh, expressing as much content uh, that I can possibly can get from you is directly since you, you, you you're, you're asking these questions so I just want to make sure that I can get to them so uh, bear with me I'm going to get to one uh, this one was from um, actually a guy that I went to high school with um, and um, he had a, a great question actually and it was it was one that I really had to make sure I think uh, before um, really answering this this is from m well i call him md that's what everybody called him in high school but uh marcus dennis uh he asked a question here so um here it is he said back in the day when we uh say social adversity and political bs artists such as public enemy nwa michael jackson and a few others address these issues through their music is the artist a day today afraid to speak out against social injustice um, is the money worth more than the message? I thought that was a great, great question. Number one. Um, and, and so to answer that, uh, first off, I want to acknowledge that, you know, the artist that he said, public enemy NWA, um, they, they did, you know, answer a lot of those questions early on in the music and, and they took 
a liking to the music and, and went directly to the tool that they had music and talked directly to the people. Right. Um, and honestly, I, I think people are still doing that. The only difference is um, that you don't have as many people. I don't want to say that they don't care. And this is all opinionated, uh, by the way. But um, I don't think that it's a situation where artists don't truly care. Um, we are in, in more of an independent time than ever. Back then, uh, believe it or not, these artists, they may have been independent thinkers, but they were on record labels and they didn't have the opportunity to really move independently. So uh, they had ideas. And, and really what happened was um, they initially fought for some things that they wanted to do their message that they wanted to get out uh but truth be told the the record labels and the record heads behind them saw it as a way to market their music and so they just pushed that like um they saw that for example nwa they knew that there were you know gangster rappers that they were talking directly about what was going on in the streets um you know with police brutality and all of these things and so they they rapped about what they saw right and excuse me record labels they saw it they noticed what was going on but the smartest thing that they could have did was like hey let's let's go ahead and let these guys be exactly who they are and we're just going to put a bunch of money behind them and we're just going to force feed it and eventually it's going to blow up and it's going to be the biggest thing you know it was something that wasn't being seen at the time and so labels got behind it and we already know the history of nwa if you're not going to see straight out the company straight out of company right uh same thing with public enemy uh these guys definitely did they they're they're pretty much um the NWA uh, of the East Coast, right? Uh, not as much gangster rap per se, but they spoke on what they saw in their neighborhoods. And, and these guys were politically charged to to make movements and, and change some things. You know, Tupac uh, did some of the same things and, and, and a, a bunch of other artists. Right. But to directly answer your question, MD, um, money is always an issue. Uh, however, I feel that they, I think a lot of the artists now is just not at the forefront of their brain to speak on. Um, they're dealing with other things and it may just be one of those things where uh, they don't care to speak on. And maybe it's, it's just, they're not motivated to speak on. I, I really don't know how to answer uh, that question directly um, to, to speak on money per se. Uh, we, we have to be honest, right? Like the, the artists, like the Jay Z's uh, Jay Z, he spoke on it. Uh, man, he's going to only speak on it, that stuff in doses, small doses. Um, you have artists that they're, they're constantly talking about it. Of course, if you're somebody that listened to the radio, you're not going to hear those type of records on the radio because, it's not going to sell anything, right? You got to remember that radio is all about selling um, advertisements and, and selling those spots. And nobody is trying to listen to that on the way home from work after a long day of work. Um, you know, it's just not popular to hear on, on the way there. So uh, that's probably why you're not going to hear that much stuff on the radio, which means that it's not going to be as commercial, which is going to um, taint the mind to think that these issues are not being talked about, but they're being talked about um, on, on various platforms. It may just not be on the most popular uh, platforms, but once again, we have the internet and we're able to get our message out directly to the people. Um, so it, it really just depends on who you're listening to. Of course, if you, um, the, the artist maybe between the age of 18 to 24, they're, they're probably not speaking on that stuff as much. And to their credit, it may just be something that's not of 
that great importance of them. They may not realize how important it is currently. You know, they're still young and, and that's not an excuse, but it's just the reality of the situation. Um, but but I definitely think money money is involved in, in some capacity, but I just don't think that, um, you know, th- they're afraid. Now, some of them may be afraid to speak on it. Of course, you have, um, what's the word for it? You have the issues like uh, losing endorsements and things of that nature. I get that completely. Um, you definitely don't want to uh, mess up certain endorsements. And, and of course, people are in, in certain pockets and, and you're kind of stuck to have to do certain things. So I get that. And, and that definitely happens. So um, those are some things that you, you know, you can look out on, be on the lookout of. And, and of course, it happens in that capacity. But artists on a mainstream level, um, they're still talking about it. I just think that we really have to go to where that message is. It's kind of like me being uh, someone who's 30 over, I'm 30 something, right? 30, 32 to be exact. But someone that is in that age bracket where I'm at the point where my mental capacity for certain type of music is, is almost non-tolerable. And also being a DJ, I'm in environments where, you know what, sometimes you got to play music that you just absolutely don't like. You know, my job is to entertain the crowd. And if the crowd loves something, then I, who am I to just not give the crowd what they want? Now I can give them some balance. I can go and give them some 21 Savage and then balance it out with a little Dilla if I, if I figure out how to do it the right way. But at the end of the day, these people want to be entertained and what better way to entertain them is me being the controller of that music. So it's all about how you do it. It's, it's balanced at the end of the day. Uh, so just remembering that sometimes you're just not going to get what you want on the radio. And it's the same way you're not going to get what you want on on the internet you you have to bounce around and look for it and i say all that to say that these rappers and, and artists they are speaking on it but you just may, may have to dig a little bit deeper uh than what we had to do early on you know that that was the popular thing to do nwa made it popular to speak about gangster rap and things that are going on um in their neighborhoods they made that popular and so when, when when that's the popular thing to do, labels will get behind that and that will come to the forefront. And, and true, truthfully told, it's going to happen at some point. Uh, you look at the, the rappers right now that are winning on a successful level as far as um, album sales. You look at the, the Kendricks and the Coles. All of these guys are and even Drake, you know, all of these guys are lyricists uh, to the core. So if, you, if you're looking at what they're doing, eventually you're going to see a pendulum uh, shift in music and the music that, that will be promoted more will be more positive music is it's only bound to happen um everything is cyclical you know what i mean so you will start to see that shift and, and you've seen it so far but you just have to know that some artists don't care about getting on the radio and, and as long as they don't care about getting on the radio they're going to continue to make music that's for them and for the people and that will happen so you, you'll just have to wait it out to be honest with you you have to wait it out to see uh when that's going to happen um but that that was a great question by the way uh, absolutely love that question um okay and so here's the other thing um another question by Jay Coop. Yeah, let's see here. Uh, okay, his question was. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm looking for it. Sorry. All right, here we go. Okay. 
So his question was, and this was a good question, too, and, and there's a whole lot of uh, stuff that we can really talk about um, about this one. But uh, his question was how to quit your job and follow your passion. Man, that's the million dollar topic. And there's so many ways that um, you can go. Um, I can I can possibly go to answer that question. And, and really, the best way that I can do really answer this question is just to talk about myself. Right. And I can tell you about the mistakes that I made. Uh, there's there's no right or wrong solution, right? Uh, the formula is going to work out differently for a lot of people. But I'll give you what I did, right? And I'll, and I'll tell you my history. So um, 2000, when was it? 2007, right? I'll never forget the date when this happened. But 2007 was the time period when I realized like, you know what, um, I, I've had been in music for, for quite some time. Um, and I've had been watching a lot of my peers, uh, the things that they were doing. I had been taking those notes and figuring out what I wanted to do, taking away some things that they were doing and writing it down for myself. Um, and just being really a fly on the wall. I've had the opportunity to uh, do internships at, at uh, a couple of labels. Um, I was at DTP at one time and I was at Purple Ribbon um, at another time. And then another time I was just really um, watching uh, my homie, um, Ace Harris and, and Motown, um, just being, being able to watch what they were doing, uh, when they were working, um, in the studios and just really sitting back, being a fly on the wall and being just observing. Right. So I, I had that time. And so around 2007, <coughs> excuse me, I had this great plan, right? It was it, in my head. It was a great plan. So I figured out like, you know what? I'm so done with corporate America. I know what I want to do. I, I've been knowing what I want to do for so long. And so I said, here, here's, here was my plan. And, and I'm going to preface this by telling you that this was the absolute wrong plan. Uh, I, I was in corporate America at the time. Um, and I was working at a comp company that will remain nameless just for the sake of this story. I don't want to ruffle any feathers or anything like that, but I was working with a company. Um, we were selling, um, components, right? Uh, we were selling like, um, never, don't worry about that. That's not even, you know, important to the story, but we were selling, I, I was a salesman, um, right. I was an office salesman and, and I had a, a bunch of clients, um, over throughout the U S right. And, and some uh, outside of the, the, the U S and so, you know, just like any sales job, you have a quota, right. And so I found out, I knew that I had to hit a certain quota. If I didn't hit a quota for a certain period of time, you know, I would eventually get fired. So my goal was, Hey, I want to get, um, release from my job. This, these are the terms that I had in my head me not even doing a lick of research. Uh, so my goal was to get released from my job, collect unemployment, but at the same time, still working on my production, um, and using that money that I was getting from unemployment to help fund that thing, you know, fund this career. And at the same time, not having to physically be in an office for, you know, eight to 10 hours a day. Right. So this was my huge plan, master plan. Little did I know that in Georgia it's an at will, you know, state and meaning that they can fire you for whatever reason. Right. And, and so it wasn't that I was trying to, you know, miss my quota. Um, I just 
truth be told, I just wasn't working as hard as that, that they were used to me working, right? I was somebody that was always hitting quotas and always making huge bonuses and all of these things. And then I kind of just slacked off, right? And, and this was all on purpose. This was, you know, a big mistake by me. I learned from it. Uh, but this is what I did. I slacked off. Um, and my goal was to, like I said, I wanted to get released from that contract so I can go and file unemployment and have, you know, my time freed up. And so long story short, I was released from my contract, but Georgia was in that will state. So all they did was just write in like, Hey, uh, Justin didn't reach his quota for X amount of months in a row. Right. I think it was like two months, something like that. So then hit my quota, got released, got fired, got terminated. Let's call it what it is. Got terminated from this job. Um, that was in September of 2007, right? So in September, 2007, I never forget it. It was the day that Kanye West graduation album came out. I literally left that job, um, and went to target and bought Kanye West graduation album, right? This was just me, this whole Jedi mind trick. Oh, you know, I'm finally gone. I'm going to, you know, start everything fresh, everything new. I'm going to get production done and all this, all of these things done. Right. So this was all in my head, 2007. All right. So, and, um, get home around this time, me and my roommate at the time, we had just, uh, decided to move into a new apartment at, at the time we had like a townhouse. Um, and it was just, you know, it was becoming way too expensive, um, for just two of us at the t- um, prior to that, we had a three bedroom townhome that we had, you know, it was me and two other roommates and one of my roommates moved out. Um, and so it was just us two holding down a three bedroom townhouse that had the same amount of bills that we were splitting by three. So it was like, Hey, time to, you know, switch it up go and get a two bedroom apartment. So around the same time that I got terminated from my job in 2007, I had, um, just put in the paperwork, um, employment verification. So all of this stuff went through just in time, right before, like maybe a week or so, uh, before getting terminated from my job. So everything went through fine. We were able to get into this new apartment, but mind you, I got into this new apartment without a job, didn't have any kind of income coming in my unemployment that I thought I was going to get didn't come through right it was i was not going to get anything i was just dead flat broke right and so i had been selling beats selling you know independent um to independent artists selling like you know two hundred dollars here 150 dollars here uh you know even selling some beats for like 50 dollars. and this was when i was full-fledged production my mind wasn't thinking outside of anything but production this was it and so it was mainly me all day long creating beats, sending out stuff, working with songwriters, sending out stuff all day long, um, going to studios late at night. This was a whirlwind of stuff that I was doing started in, in, at the end of um, 07. Right. So doing all of these things, trying to figure it out. Nothing was working. I was failing miserably. Right. Failing it to, to the to the point where I was fed up with doing music production. Right. And so. This was for two years. So, I mean, there was times where uh, my roommate, man, I owed my roommate like, man, maybe like two or three months um, of rent. And that's why to this day, I mean, and this guy, he's always been like, you know, one of the the best friends to have. But he was a, a, a great friend way before this even happened. But. I'll forever be in his debt just, and he'll, and he'll never put that on me, you know, mind you, but you know, during the time when I was like struggling, trying to figure out how to pay anything, this guy was like, Hey man, I know what you're doing. I know you got a vision for it. Like, dude, just pay me the money. It's not like you're leaving anywhere. Like, dude, just pay me the money back when you get it. Right. So there was no pressure on that end. I I was blessed to be in that situation. Um, 
but you know, just trying to figure it out. And I just went about everything the wrong way. I didn't have a, a clue on what I was doing. All I knew is that I wanted to create. And in my mind, I was like, uh, I'm going to create these beats and then uh, somebody's going to come along and buy them. So long story short, production just wasn't working for me. Right. And so, I mean, I went from 2007, I think to about 2009, 2010, uh, without a job, you know, I was staying afloat, um, you know, doing little odd jobs here. I remember at some point I was working with my dad going like traveling between Atlanta and Macon, um, doing some little odd stuff for him, you know, and, and just making some extra money just to really be able to pay rent, you know, really catch up on my rent really. Uh, and so, I was doing all of this. This this is what was happening um, for that time period, trying to figure things out. In 2010, rolled around, and I, and I started working, um, doing like some part time work, doing like data entry uh, with with a great company that understood that hey, this guy was you know he's here temporarily, really just to keep some money in my pocket and keep enough money to pay rent while I was still working on this uh, music career and whatnot. And, and, you know, things still really wasn't working out to the best. I mean, I was still selling, you know, beats here and there and, and um, but nothing major was working out. I had the opportunity to work with Rock City on a couple of uh, records and they, they ended up on a mixtape, uh, but nothing major panned out, like no major placements. Uh, I got some music placed in and a couple of, um, low budget films and stuff like that, but nothing, nothing noteworthy, right. From a producer standpoint, nothing, um, that was gonna life changing is what I would say. Right. Nothing, nothing really was panning out. So, um, around 2011, um, the end of 2011, 2012, I was just like, man, what am I going to do? I don't want to produce anymore. I'm sick and tired of producing records and nothing is working. I started to question uh, whether or not I was good enough. All of these things, right, was happening. And I came up with an idea. I was having these great conversations with artists um, in, in, you know, in my, my studio, in my apartment, uh, which is a studio, but, you know, uh, I was having these great conversations and, and one day an artist was like, man, we should have really recorded all this stuff that we was talking about. And um, around the same time I was listening to the one Epstein podcast with uh, Peter Rosenberg and Cypher Sounds. And I was like, man, you know what, maybe I should just, you know, turn this into a podcast. And it sparked an idea. And so all this, these years I had the website straight out to den.com. I, I bought the domain uh, like years ago just to have a site to um, promote my production and projects that I was working on and, and albums that are releasing things of that nature. And, and so I decided to like, you know what, I'm going to completely do a complete shift. And I was terrified of making a, a complete shift um, because I was like, you know, my whole life, straight out the den was production. That's all I ever knew since I was 14 uh, years old when I came up with the name. It was always production. And so I was terrified to move away from that name being known for production. And, and don't get me wrong, I was still producing around that time, but I, I created the site um, to really house not only uh, the podcast, but to really focus on underground hip hop, right? I, I wanted to provide a platform. I got tired of running behind people, um, 
trying to get help and, and get them to listen to my music, I was like, you know what? I'm going to make people come to me. It was some egotistical um, stuff like that, right? So I was like, I'm just going to, you know, provide a platform. I'm going to be fair, but I'm going to have it where people have to come and talk to me as opposed to me running, trying to run other people down, right? And so I did my research. I, I I studied blogs. I mean, I studied them day and night. I looked at the blogs that I was looking at at the time. It was like uh, two or three of my favorite blogs um, at the time. And it was um, Two Dope Boys. Um, it was um, ExclusiveZones.net uh, and Narite. Right. Those were the three sites that I was really looking at a lot. And I still look at those sites um, a lot now. Um, uh, still, you know, really look at Two Dope Boys, um, probably the most out of out of the three. But I was really into those sites, you know, trying to figure out what they were doing. So, I mean, I was looking at everything from, um, you know, how they wrote, I mean, to learning about coding and, and uh, some things that, you know, looking at, at code, I, I'm, I'm telling you what I was doing. I was trying to figure out, man, how did they make this thing work? Because I didn't know about WordPress. I didn't know about, only thing I knew about as far as blogging goes was Tumblr. Um, but I didn't know about WordPress. I didn't know about Blogger. I didn't know about any of those things, right? So, I didn't have a little sense of, of, of coding. Um, and so I knew how to view the source page and kind of look at stuff and kind of figure out. Um, and, and really, it just was all trial and error, you know. Um, and so I was trying to figure this out. And, and eventually, eventually I, I did. You know, I figured it out. And I also figured out a new model. And, and it's a model that I can't really give away. And I learned that I can't give away everything because truth be told, I give out a lot for free. I give out a whole lot for free. And this is not an advertisement. This is not a commercial for anything I'm selling you guys, but this is just the truth. Um, the one way, and this really goes back to answer Coop's question, because I know I kind of went all around the world with this, but I did all this to kind of let you guys up, lead you guys to, to, to this, like how to quit your job and, and follow your passion. Um, before you quit your job, you need to, number one, identify that passion. And once you identify that passion, you need to research that passion until your eyes bleed. Um, don't jump into anything. You know, uh, th th there's all I, I'm, I'm a very, you know, um, I'm not not religious. I'm a very um, God fearing man. And and I believe in relationship and all of that. And, I, and I'm a very faith based person right i believe in in all of that uh but one thing that i've learned is that you can have all the faith in the world but if you don't take that step um to do it, it it's never going to happen right and a lot of times we'll jump out there and, and blindly jump out and say hey i'm just gonna you know i got an idea i'm just gonna jump out here and, and hopefully it works and that hope is is great that that faith is great uh but in the midst of all of that you got to do some work you got to really go out there and and, and research it you know I, i've seen so many people that say that they wanted to do this jump out there and realize this is not something that they wanted to do and they step back and, and there's nothing wrong with that you know you can go out there and be wrong and step back and figure it out uh, my thing is before you jump out there and step out research it find out I'm just that type of person I want to research I want to know if I go left three times I want to know where that's going to end up and so I'm always thinking I'm, I'm thinking all of this stuff. So it's some things right now to this day that I'm putting into motion that I literally wrote down about three to five years ago and it's on my it's on my vision board. If I was to get my board out right now and read some of those things to you, uh, you would be amazed if I told you the timetables. Um, but it's all of these things that I wrote down uh, on what I want to do. And, and I planned them out. And some of them, of course, I took way too long to plan it out. I, I'm not going to lie to you on that. Uh, but some of them needed that extra planning. And so 
I had this great idea in 2012 and I'll share with you uh, this idea. Um, and so my idea was to turn straight out the den production into straight out the den.com, the voice for underground hip hop. I achieved that goal, right? But that whole thing, my, my whole plan was for, uh, it was a three year plan. It's taken a little bit longer than three years. We're in 2016 now, but my three year plan was to create a website where people can go and have their content shared and liked by by like-minded individuals and really have a true voice right that's that was the plan from there so now once i had established that which i I feel that i've done a good job of doing that now the next phase in this plan that i had was to make this stand on credibility so all all i was doing was for three years just building credibility creating and building credibility is synonymous is is just like i'm saying this it's, it's saying the exact same thing this is what i'm trying to tell you here building credibility is the same as building value right that's all you're doing i'm building a reputation i'm, I'm putting i'm making this thing straight out there and so credible that now there's so much value in it, right? In 2012, there was no value. There was no value in it. All, all you knew was that I was a producer out here um, doing, but now it's like, oh, hold on. All right, let's, let's build some value in this thing. So now that there's value built, the immediate thing that I'm doing now is what I'm not going to tell you what I'm doing is, is shifting. And, and those that are close to me, they'll see the shift. They know the shift that's happening. There is going to be a shift. I'll, I'll give you that. There, there's definitely a shift, but in the midst of building this value, now I have some solid foundation to stand on to do a shift. And so those that are close around me that know about production, the production never went away. I was producing through the midst of all of that. Uh, but now I, I went and changed the production. So it's no longer Jay Good or straight out the den.com for produce, produ- producing. That that's it's not dead, but that's that's gone. Uh, so I created a new moniker. It's last name good for production, right? For production and DJing uh, here. This is a whole nother entity. So I built value on one end, built value and credibility here. Now I can branch off of that. Now, at the end of the day, you're going to see last name good and you're going to think straight out the den. You're going to think that for a while. Uh, but eventually that's going to kind of shift away because truth be told. In 2012. Straight Out the Den was about production. That's what everybody knew Straight Out the Den to be. In 2016, Straight Out the Den is a podcast. It is a platform for underground hip hop artists. That's what it is now. There's no way around that for me, right? That's that's exactly what this is now. Uh, so nobody knows about production when it comes to Straight Out the Den. And I remember the day that it clicked in my mind. It was mind boggling for me to even think that something that I, I, you know, this is uh, I wrote straight out the den on paper when I was 14 years old. Now, for you guys that don't know, I'm 32 now. Right. So we're talking 18 years. Right. I was in the ninth grade uh, when I actually I was it was ninth grade summer. So I was probably headed to 10th grade uh, when I wrote that down. Right. Straight out the den. I wrote it on paper and I and I kept writing it down because I was trying to figure out how did I want to spell it? And I spelled it so hip hop. And to this day, I wish I never would have spelled it that way, but it is what it is. Right. But that's what happened. Um, and I stuck with it and I figured out a way. So when it, when it came to the time to kind of say like, Oh, this is not production anymore. It scared me. 
and I was back in that same place that I was in um, in 2007 when I was trying to leave a job. Um, I had to figure out, hey, what can I do now? It's something new. What else can I do? Uh, and, and so I figured it out. And, and to answer your question, Coop, and I know this is a long story. This turned into a, a venting session <laughs> as opposed to answering Coop's question. But I, I'm I'm glad that you actually pulled that out because somebody need to hear that. Uh, but the best way to um, quit your job and follow your passion. Number one, like I said, figure out if your passion is really your passion. All right. Number two, put a plan in order. Right. And, and when I say a plan, write a five year plan out. Right. Because it's easy to plan for six months. That's easy. But if you can write a five year plan out, like where do you want to see your business in five years? What do you want to see that, that you're going to do? And you can write a plan that goes in, in the letter Y. Right. You can go like, OK, if this happens, it's going to go to the A route. If this happens, it's going to go to the B route. You can you can plan all that out. But, you know, three to five years is a good timetable to, to put down your plan. The second thing is, excuse me, the third thing is while you have that job, remember, your job is it's all about perception. Your job is a bank. That's it. Think of your job that you're going to every day that you absolutely hate, that you don't want to be there. Think about that job as the bank to fund your career, your passion. That's all that it is. And so if you start to think of your job that you're working at right now as a bank, as a loan, an interest-free loan, that's what it is. It's an interest-free loan. It's money that you're making that you don't have to pay anything back, right? So think of it as an interest-free loan to your passion. Now, in the midst of all of that, what you should be doing is minimizing all of your expenses. Don't shop excessively. Don't go out to eat excessively. Um, don't, you know, buy a lot of clothes. You, you don't need all of that stuff. You, you got to be fueled by your passion. So anything that you spend money on that you don't need, and the only thing that you need is a roof over your head, water, fruits and vegetables. Now, I know I sound like the happy vegan, right? But this is really all you need. Like, let's just keep it all the way 100. Like, keep it funky. All you need is a roof over your head, somewhere to sleep, right? And, and you don't have to have a bed. You can have a floor. You just need to be able to get into an apartment or somewhere, you know, a roof over your head, a bedroom, whatever you got to do, right? That's all you need. That's the first thing you need. After that, water. You don't have to drink sodas. You don't have to drink liquor. You don't have to drink all this other stuff that's going to cost you a bunch of money. Water, you can go and get out the faucet for free if you if you need it to, right? And fruits and vegetables. Fruits and vegetables, you can go to the market with $10 and get as many fruits and vegetables as you possibly can and you can eat for the week if, you, if you're dedicated. Now, there's a lot of people said that I can't do that. I can't do this. Well, you can go and spend $200 this week on food and then sit back and, and realize like, man, I could have spent 50 on food and put $150 toward my, my passion. That's what you could have did with the bank that you got right now. That's what you could have did. So while you have this, this job that's paying you between 30 and $50,000 or whatever, cut your expenses all the way down to like 60%. I guarantee of what you're making right now, you can probably live off about 25 to 30% of your income. The other 70% you're blowing. That's what you're doing with it. You're blowing it and, and you're giving it away. That's that's all you're doing with it. And if you don't believe me right now while we're having this conversation, get out a piece of paper, open up your bank statement and look at what you're spending money on. 
right now. Just go and do that right now. That You can do it right now while we're on this conversation. Take out a piece of paper, open up your laptop, your computer, your cell phone, and look at your bank statement and see what you're spending money on. I guarantee it's about 60% of junk. Guarantee it. Just look at it right there. And, and so that 60% of junk, cut that 60% in half and just say that 30%. I'm talking about even if you just cut half of the junk that you buy, if you just cut cut that in half, 30% of that money can be going to fuel your passion while you're at your job. So I'm not going to tell you to quit your job today and go in and focus on your passion, your career. Everybody's not built like that. Now, I can work in chaos. That's that's one of the best places for me. I can really work in chaos. That's That's my gift. I can lose everything and still be a calm, patient spirit. That's a gift from God. I know that now. I didn't know that back then, but that's a gift that I have, that I can be as calm and patient as possible through chaos. That's just something that I have right now, right? I can do that. I'm wired that way. Everybody else is not wired that way. The average person is going to need their job. They're going to need some consistent income. So while you have that consistent income coming in, save as much money as possible. Think about it. If you if you go right now and look at all your expenses, see everything that you have right now, all your bills, all your debt. If you go and wipe your debt down, say you give yourself three to five years. Right. And it's three to five years working that job that you don't want. If you wipe all your debts clean. Right. So say you wipe your debts clean in two years on that job. Right. All right. So in two years, you're, you're debt free, meaning guess what? You don't owe anybody nothing. That means the only thing that you're paying is utilities and either your mortgage or your rent. That's it. You don't owe anybody. You're not paying a credit card company. You're not paying for your car. You're not paying for all this extra stuff that you don't really need. The only thing that you're paying is your living expenses and your utilities and you're buying food, right? That's it. Is it going to be hard? Yes, it's going to be tough. It's going to be um, some trying moments. You're going to want to go out with the homies. You can't. You want to go out and take a, go on a date if you're, you know, if you're single you may not be able to date or you may have to get creative and go to uh, the park or go to um, a festival in the park and eat free samples. Be creative, man. I'm telling you, it worked. It worked. It worked for me and my wife. We go to festivals all the time. Now we get free samples and we get exercise and all this at the same time. And we found a way for it to work, but it can work. You just got to be willing to work. And that's the problem. A lot of people don't want to go in and put in the work. They just want to, you know, they're going to wait. They want to wait for something to happen. It's not going to happen if you wait. You got to go and get it if you really want it. Right. So just do that. Cut your stuff in half. Like, just think about it. if you if you take three to five years, pay off all your debt, everything. I'm telling you, the only thing you need to be paying on a regular basis is utilities and either your rent or your mortgage. Right. And if you can, if you if you own your house. And you're able to pay off your house, then, hey, that's even better. Right. But those are that's the only things that you should be focusing on. Student loan debt, work hard to get that student loan debt knocked out. Right. Before I got married, I had a I believe it was a. Maybe a five something, maybe five twenty credit score, uh, something, something stupid. I got married in 2009. Right. So mind you. 2000 no did I get no I got married in 2012 I'm sorry uh, I met my wife in 2009 sorry about that but I got you know so those two years in 2009 like like from leaving getting fired from my job to meeting my wife was like one of the most darkest periods in my life I had all kind of crazy stuff going on it was me literally I would 
be around women just to get a meal. Like it was that bad. I was that flat broke. I would literally go and spend a night at a chick house just so I can eat that night. Like it was like that bad. Right. And I didn't want to be in my apartment because I owed my roommate crazy amount of rent. So it was hard to be around. Right. It was just it was a very dark time in my life. 2007 to 2009 will forever be the trying, you know, part of my life. It was just crazy, crazy time in my life. Right. And so all of this stuff was going on. Credit score shot, you know. But I met my wife. My wife had a plan. I told her everything. She knew everything about what was going on. She knew my, my passions. She knew um, my financial situation, all of that stuff. But she saw something in me that, you know, she she got it. She was like, OK, this guy, this is what he, he wants to do for the rest of his life. All right. Boom. We're just going to come up with a plan. And she had a plan and, and we worked together. And, you know, just to pay out, like, okay, let's, let's just stack bread. That's what, okay, let's stack, let's stack, let's stack, let's stack, let's stack. Pay off, pay off a credit card. All right, boom, paid off this credit card, paid off. I mean, I had all kind of like dumb stuff. I had a, a K Jewelers card. Why? I bought one, for K Jewelers, I'm going to tell you how I got this card. And I'm going off on a tangent, but I, I just, I just thought about this and tell you how stupid it is, right? I got a K Jewelers card when I was 19. I got my ears pierced at 19. I bought some earrings. Um, before, I, even, I actually bought those earrings before I even had my ears pierced. I was just, I knew I was going to get my ears pierced and I saw some earrings. They were on sale. I thought they were on sale. I used a credit card um, to, to get, you know, one of their, their department cards to get. Uh, actually, and then it wasn't even K's. It was Hellsburg. Hellsburg. That's what it was. And so I went there to get these earrings, I think the earrings were like a hundred bucks or something. It wasn't even a lot. Swiped it on the card. Of course, that hundred dollars turned into about a hundred and two hundred and fifty dollars, something stupid because I was paying uh, $15 a month on it. Yeah, I just paid $15 a month. And every month, my $15 was basically just paying the interest. And so my balance never uh, went down, you know. That's that's the story right there, right? That's how you get a five something credit score. Like now, my credit score is is you know, almost 800. Now we've repaired it, uh, paid off everything, you know, I only have like a little bit of student loan left to, to, to get out the way. And then I'll be good to go. Right. But this is somebody who was like almost, uh, maybe 30, close to $30,000 in debt in 2009, 2010, something like that. And so, and it took about five years to get out of that. Uh, and that was with minimum you know, money, not, not really a whole lot of money. This is just, uh, being smart and progressive with, with the income that we had. And so, uh, I go, I say all that to say that you can do all of the stuff that I was able to do. You just got to really work really hard at it. Um, you don't need a new car. Um, I, I drive a four, I drive a 2001 Ford Taurus. Absolutely love that car. I pull up looking like, um, I work for the government, like I'm an FBI agent or something, right? That's the kind of car that I drive. And I drive that car on purpose. It's paid for. Um, I don't owe anything on it whenever something breaks on it, which now is starting to be very expensive now because the car, when something breaks on it is something major, right? But I just go and get it fixed. Boom. Don't have to worry about paying a car note, nothing like that. Right. Um, but I drive that car on purpose. Like, could I go out and get another car? Yeah, absolutely. But why? is pointless. It's only going to be for show, right? You're only going to see me when I'm driving in it. So it means nothing. It's literally a point A to point B. I don't have to look great uh, driving in, you know, whatever, you know, what do I want a new car? Absolutely. 
I'm tired of driving that thing. I love that car, but I'm tired of driving it, but I don't need it. And, and so I drive that car so I can continue to stack bread right now, right? And knowing that I can fuel um, my passion with that. So every little dollar that I get, pay off the, the debt, and then, you know, we recycle some of the savings. And so uh, it's it's all about that. You can do it. So, so Coop, thank you for bringing that question to the table because it, it, it brought out something in me. So thank you for that. But in, in a nutshell, to, to really recap Coop's question, how do you quit your job and fuel your passion? Number one, identify your passion. Make sure that that's your passion. Number two, research. Do as much research as you possibly can. Number three, save. Save as much money as you can. Remember that that job that you have right now is your bank to fuel your passion, right? It's the bank, it's the loan to fund it. So remember that right now, don't look at your job as that job that you hate. Look at it as, as actual loan interest free to fund um, your passion, right? And so once you have all of those things in place, imagine, imagine a life with no debt. You don't have any debt. You don't owe anybody anything. And you have about five to $6,000 saved uh, for your business, right? It's that much easier to walk away when you have money set, you have no debt. The only thing you're paying is, 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 um, your, your utilities and everything. Um, and, and your house note, whether that's rent or mortgage, you already have that set. So your expenses go from spending, you're trying to figure out how to come up with $3,000 a month to you're only coming up with, you know, 1500 or whatever uh, the case may be, but you're trying to come up with $1,500 a month now. And, and now it, $1,500 a month, that's roughly uh, maybe 400 and some odd dollars a week. You break that down. Now you're only looking at about, you know, I can't do the math real quick. Um, I have a brain fart. Maybe 80, you know, 80 bucks or something like that. Um, or 70, 60. Here we go. You get it. $60 a day, right? So now it boils down that you're trying to get $60 a day. And now that's easy right? You know what you got to do to get to $60 a day just to pay off those expenses. Not mind you, you still got about six or 7,000 here in the bank, um, as emergency funds. Right. And so uh, it can happen. You just gotta, you gotta work hard at it. Right. And, and you gotta know that you're in a marathon. This is not a sprint. You gotta work hard and you gotta keep going. Um, the day that you quit is the day that you fail. Just keep going. That's all you got to do. Keep going and learn to adjust. I had to adjust and know that production may not be the way that I make it um, in this business. Right. And so I had to that, that was a, 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 a gut check for me. This is I had dreams of winning the Grammy. Now, do I still have those dreams? Absolutely. But I knew that at some point I had to change. I had to shift it a little bit. Now, at the end of the day, all I want to do is just to be able to do something that I love and get paid for for the rest of my life. Right. And I have to physically clock in anywhere. And so I knew that and I had to make some adjustments. And so I did. The dream is still the same. I just had to make some adjustments. Right. It's a different path to get there. It might not be through making beats, but it could be through talking to this mic. You know, um, it could be for teaching. It, it could be a, a bunch of things, but it's still me doing it my way independently. On. So uh, thank you for listening. Thank you, Coop, for that question. That was a dope question. And I'm glad that we were able to go there. Um, this podcast is brought to you. Um, it's powered by um, any creative network. Thank you guys for believing in, in the vision that we have here at Straight Out the Den. So thank you for that. And um, hey, as I always say, if you guys have a dream, research that dream. Pray on that dream and work until that dream becomes a reality. With that being said, I'm Jay Gooder straight out the den. We out.